Welcome back to Let Me Be Brief. I am your co-host, Andy Rieger, alongside my good buddy, Matt Basinger of Swell Spark. We are in the Let It Fly Media Studios. And as always, today's episode is brought to you by M-Prize Bank, member FDIC. Not your typical financial institution, nor do they want to be. We've got a great guest on today's episode. We've got Carlos Gomez of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of Greater Kansas City. Carlos. Hey, good Welcome morning. Thank good. you. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for thanks for hanging out with a bunch of knuckleheads. We also hear that's not the only name you go by, but we'll just leave that for people's personal discussions. Uh, Carlos, let's let's dive right in. I know it's maybe a dumb question, but what is the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of Greater Kansas City? What do you do? Gosh, yeah, that's a that, that's going to be a long answer, but really we are a 44-year-old organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were founded back in 1977 by a Mexican immigrant. His name was Hector Barreto. And he saw a need for um, a chamber to serve the Hispanic business community. Um, Affirmative action has just passed. Um, And so that's when the word Hispanic came under the Nixon administration. So for us, for Hispanics to be counted in hiring and government contracting prior to affirmative action, we were listed as Caucasian. Mm -hmm. So... um, there was a need for Hispanic Chamber to help companies uh, get these federal contracts and grow and start up. And so that's when we started. Yeah. So yeah. For, for, forgive me, was was that started at the national level or is that individual that you mentioned, was he Kansas City focused? Okay, so that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that because uh, Hector started this chamber in 1977. We're like the ninth oldest chamber as far as Hispanic chambers in the country. There's over 200. Um, two years later, he founded the United States Hispanic Chamber. That's in D.C. now. Okay. We actually shared the same offices from 79 to 89 on Southwest Boulevard, downtown, uh, KCMO. And so then we are the birth chamber of the National Hispanic Chamber that's in Washington, D.C. That's rad. Yeah. So for folks who are listening, I know this question is going to seem maybe a little bit silly, but like what is the main goal of a chamber, regardless of whether it's for KCK or KCMO or the Hispanic Chamber? What? Yeah. You know, um, you know what? um and this is my definition of a chamber. Sure. A chamber should create platforms for business owners and corporate America, for business minds to meet and to network to achieve their objective. So my job I see every day is, is, is to create those platforms and also add educational component pieces so that businesses can learn and grow. Um, so we focus a lot on certification. Uh, minority chambers, we're the tool, we are the key to the Latino market, which is the fastest growing mm-hmm. small business market in not only Kansas City, but the country. And so we are the key to that toolbox to reach the fastest growing demographic. Um, according to the SBA, pre-COVID, um, actually it's higher actually during the pandemic, but SBA numbers, Kansas, 76% growth rate of small business each year, wow. 2016, 17, 18 uh, Missouri, 48% growth rate in yeah. small business. So the fact that you're working with the greater Kansas City metro, uh, how do you divide your time? Are you working with all the individual chambers that are around Kansas City? Are you focusing on particular areas for seasons? Like what does a day in the life look like or maybe even a season or a year look like for your for your company? Very, uh, gosh, there's no book to this. And I've been doing this since my 14th year. Wow. Yes. And so... Um, there's really no book to this. I never know what phone call I'm going to get or who's going to walk through the door, that it's a situation, whether it's an opportunity or whether it's a problem yeah. with that a business has that I like. Uh, what do you, people, sometimes when someone comes to us with a problem, they're like, you know, what do I do? And I'm like, I don't know. What are you going to do? No. <laughs> Great question. You're yeah. in trouble. <laughs> That's good advice, though, right? You're confirming. No, I can't do that because they're coming to, to us yeah. for some uh, – 
resolution to help. Sure. So um, I'll never forget one time, this was in 2000, I was one year on the job and I had a small minority business and they lost a $30 million contract. They were six months on the job of a federal contract and it got taken away from them. It wasn't wow. anything they did. Sure. Whenever you are in uh, government contracting and you are a minority women veteran, disabled veteran, someone can contest that you got the contract and that process can take up to a year. And then sometimes the government will say, you know what, we reviewed everything and we're going to give it to this other company, wow. even though you're performing and doing everything. And this is what happened. And I had a member come to me and I was like, you know, I had no idea what to do. I was new on the job. Yeah. This is never, there was no one to, so basically you just do the logical things and we're going to, we're going to overturn every stone. We're going to talk to the Corps of Engineers. We're going to talk to the senators. We're going to talk to our Congress people. We're going to talk to the SBA. We're going to, and it actually worked out. They came out with a compromise. Um, uh, wasn't fully what the member wanted, but at least they didn't lose all of the contract. Sure. And so, so what I found with this job is, you know, when we don't have the answer with a situation like that, you just, okay, what makes sense? Who do we need to talk to, yeah. to get answers? Sometimes the answer is not what the person wants to hear, but they at least appreciate that they have an answer. Sure. Yeah. So uh, that sort of leads me into the question I really wanted to ask, which is, what is success in your eyes? You know what? Success is not being that million-dollar company. You know, money's not success. Success is that being happy at what you're doing. And, um, you know, I talk to in, in many business owners, whether they're the, the founder of the business, whether they're the, the kids or the grandkids mm -hmm. or the great-grandkids, usually a small business uh, only lasts three generations. By the third generation, it's either sold or goes out of business because the grandchildren's passion is not the passion of their grandparents. Sure. And, um, and it may be a successful business, but it's just not their passion. So, you know, going back to that question, um, are you happy? Do you enjoy what you're doing? And, you know, when you have the founder, and I'll never forget this one gentleman, he, uh, his kids told me they work for the company, and they go, no matter how early we go into the, to the, to the job, he's there, and no matter how late we leave, he's there. Yeah. And it's because it's his baby. That's his sure. dream. And so, you know, so success to me is enjoying what you're doing uh, and helping people solve their problem. I remember early in the startup phase of my company, uh, you know, and I had a lunch. I was finally starting to, to make it a little bit, and someone was asking, like, Matt, why haven't you been involved with this I think the correct terminology is you were starting to figure out. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Uh, they were asking, why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? And they, I was like, I didn't even know that these things existed. I didn't know that these organizations existed. I didn't know that there were these folks who their whole goal and role in their business is to help me and help other folks in my position succeed. So as far as the folks that you uh, help work alongside, serve on a day-to-day -day basis, are you working with a lot of brand new startup companies? Are you working with generational companies? Are you working with big businesses? Like what's the mixture of folks that you that, that you are helping on a day-to-day -day look like? All, all of the above. So our focus as an organization is the small business community. 35% of my membership is actually non-Hispanic. Okay. And here's, at the end of the day, bus business is business. It doesn't yeah. matter what language you speak. It doesn't, the DNA of an entrepreneur is the same. It's someone willing to take risk, yeah. someone who's willing to just put it all on the line and go for it. And that's not everybody and that's okay. So um, our job is to help our members regardless of, they, of who they are and connecting them to opportunity um, and consulting. We do a lot of, cons we're doing more and more consulting now than we ever have. Wow. But um, we also, I wear another hat where I help corporate America brand to the Hispanic community, uh, recruit, 
um, retention, universities, recruit and retention, sure. wear many, many hats. And then, um, so it just depends on what that entity, we work with not-for-profits who are trying to serve the Hispanic community. Yeah. So right now we're doing a lot with COVID, um, you know, making sure the Hispanic community is understanding that it's safe to get the, the vaccination. Sure. And so, so um, again, that's, and that's what I really enjoy about this job is because, you know, every day is, is different. Yeah. Yeah. So, but small business is, is where we focus on and how do we help that business in its evolution get from A to B. We actually offer a free service to anybody. If they want to start up a business, we will help them get all their paperwork, federal tax ID, wow. all that for free. Yeah, and they awesome. can just make an appointment with us and we'll do that. That's amazing. That's And that's actually something that I wish was promoted more because that is something with entrepreneurship where I'll go back on the days that I was starting my company. No one was helping you. And our city even had a, a resource called BizCare and they would only help you with what they focused on. They wouldn't help you with the greater picture. So sure. even hearing that is is a really yeah. cool thing. And I, I wish there was more of that. Let's talk finance. Yes. How do you guys pay your bills? How do you make money? Mm-hmm. What What is it that you try to make money on? What are the things that you say, no, we don't make money on this? Walk us through that. Yes. Well, first of all, I'm very cognitive that I want to make sure that everything we do is business. Tends to, we have to have a business frame around it. Sure. Um, you know, um, we're not a social service agency. We're not a, uh, but even with the COVID vaccination, that affects business, uh, affects whether employees can come to work, yeah. you know, uh, and so forth. So um, everything we put a business frame around, how we get our money is membership. That what pays our bills and events. Uh, COVID created quite a challenge for any chamber yeah. because we couldn't have events and business, if they may have been hurting, so they weren't renewing or if they were doing well, there was so much uncertainty they were holding on to their cash. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, um, we we you know we're so we we're, we're actually like a small business, <laughs> um, but we, you know we got creative, um, and I'm a firm believer in servant leadership. When you give, you get. We actually offered a six month free membership last year to the immigrant Spanish speaking community, and we had 92 businesses sign up. And um, some people may think that's crazy because we're bringing on more, but it actually allowed us to channel information as opposed to fielding all these questions coming through email, LinkedIn, phone calls, texts. Sure. So let's let's put everyone in a program and we can channel the information. Yeah. Thanks to our corporate members, they helped us get through last year. Yeah. Yeah. Corporate America is is my biggest funder. Sure. How how is business? Business is great. I have more business. To, we have members joining left and right, new corporates joining. I actually have people, more people waiting to meet with me to join and my some of my staff than I have time. I mean, it's really bad. I, I'm, I'm, we're trying to, uh, I, I, we had a staff meeting, you know, we have weekly staff meetings and we're trying to streamline some things and changing our, our SOP to make sure we're getting to everybody. Because we're just being inundated with requests from members and non-members. You're spending all your time on podcasts, right? <laughs> hang, hanging out with, yeah, hanging out with us. We're going to go let's go have a drink a, after this, this right? This is a seven-hour podcast. <laughs> go have yeah. a drink and throw axes. Yeah, there it is. That's, there we go. We're, we're neighbors. So, <laughs> so you, you mentioned earlier you've been going for, not you, but this you've this company's been around, your organization's been around for 47... 44 years. 40, 44 years. Um, what has been... Maybe let's talk about COVID for just a quick sec, because I hate yes. talking about COVID to a degree, but like, 
how it's the first time in a while we've it talked is. about it. It is. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> like, are you, you, and you mentioned earlier, are you growing? Are you growing not just in you're becoming busier, but are you hiring more staff to help serve folks? Like, what are some of the big initiatives? You talked about events. I'd love to hear a little bit yeah. more about what those events are. Um, well, our, really, our focus this year is two things. One, to make sure that businesses are aware of the opportunities out there mm-hmm. with the grants, whether it's federal, whether it's through the county, whether it's through a city, whether it's through a private entity, a foundation, you know, you know, getting that information out. You know, I was I talked to ten restaurant owners two weeks ago about the restaurant revitalization fund mm-hmm. that just launched Monday. Yep. None of the owners knew about it. Wow. And and some of them were Hispanic, some were non-Hispanic. Yeah. And it's just that restaurant owners are too busy running their business, right. trying to keep their head above water. They don't have time to watch all the news. They don't have time to – and that's why it's important to be a part of an organ, any organization that's business-oriented. So hopefully that organization is giving you that information to help you get through this. Um, so our focus is making sure we're collecting that information and getting it out to the right businesses. Um, Johnson County – I was part of the committee that put together the Johnson County grant with the Overland Park Chamber, the Lenexa Chamber, all the chambers in Johnson sure. County. We all got together and we put we had $13.5 million, $10,000 grants. Yep. If you can show that you lost, um, that money lasted for over a month. I mean, I was literally on the phone calling people saying, hey, do you know you, you, you might qualify for this? And You were trying to give away free money. We've yes. met people who are really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> And, and but this, again, business owners are just too busy sometimes to know that these opportunities. Yeah. The other thing we're focusing on right now is leadership. Um, and my chair is going to get mad at me, but I'm going to announce something here that I probably shouldn't. But um, we're sorry, this isn't live. <laughs> <laughs> but there's three things that the key to success of any business, any city, is leadership. And we're not telling people how to lead, but we're going to teach. Well, I mean, we're not going to tell them how to think, but we're going to teach them how to lead. And uh, so we're doing three tracks. One, how to serve on boards and commissions. There's a lack of diversity on a lot of boards. And although we're targeting Hispanic community, it's going to be open to any anybody who wants to be uh, who wants to learn how to serve on boards and commissions. Um, a lot of times, people like me can be the problem and not realize it. The same people are always on the same committees, sure. and we need to get new ideas, new blood. And our philosophy is, made, you know, I need to be on less boards and let new people come on because yeah. I don't I don't have all the answers and and we need new thinkers and in any city it's always the usual same usual suspects some people don't like that philosophy <laughs> and we're not saying push people out let's just put more tables to yep. the to I mean more chairs to the table yeah the second thing was we're starting a Latina business leadership track um if you are Latina, you are five times as likely to open up a business in the United States than any demographic. If you are Hispanic, you're three times as likely. So we're going to focus on uh, in English and Spanish helping Latinas uh, with not only open up businesses and grow their businesses, but if they're in corporate America, professional development. The third track um, is uh, we're bringing in the Walt Disney Leadership Series in the Kansas City. Awesome. Um, Walt Disney, uh, the first one's going to be uh, online. We'll be offering here in the next month or two. Um, Walt Disney teaches; they have the best leadership program there are. Um, Sporting KC, all you know, Evergy, all of their top people, Cerner—they've all taken the Walt Disney class. All their top executives, wow. and it really focuses on team engagement, team building, and customer service. I have one more big question for yes. you, Carlos, which goes exactly into what you've been playing into this whole time. 
you have a pretty good macro view of the businesses that you serve and how they are doing and what they are thinking and the direction they're going. And we talked a little bit about COVID and what times were like during COVID for your constituency base. Is that the right way to tell it? Constituency base? Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> what do you really think about the direction of the business community, the small business community coming out of COVID over the next year or two? What is your best guess as to what really happens based on all the knowledge that you have? Well, right now, I'm going to tell you the biggest obstacle right now is labor. Mm -hmm. um, I don't care if it's a corporation or a small mom and pop. They, they, you can't find people to work. Um, it's hard to find Ubers. It's hard to get lifts. You know, I was traveling. I was. I, I had a hard time getting a taxi. There's a shortage of taxi cab drivers, and so labor is going to be a big obstacle. So we need to look at how do we. And why is that? Uh, I, uh, there's a lot of different philosophies. I don't know of theories. Um, I think um, some people don't want to get back out to work. They have a fear of COVID, and that's that's valid. Um, I don't know if paying stimulus dollars, you know, to stay home. Um, that could be an incentive for some people not to work because I'm getting stimulus, but that only lasts so long, mm -hmm. um, or increasing unemployment. But I can tell you uh, there's a huge labor shortage across. Let me tell you, though, what I've seen. I'm an optimist, and even during last year, I talked to many, many business owners and many corporate leaders, and I've seen one company do have a record year last year and a company within a couple miles that does the same thing struggling. And what was the difference? What was the difference between the same industry? This company's having a record year. This company B is struggling. And it was the attitude. It was the attitude of, of the owner of, uh, yeah, this, I may not know how hard this is going to hit me, but I'm going to, I'm not going to let it take me down. I'm going to be creative. I'm going to try different things yeah. and it may not work, but then I'll try something else. And I, I called one restaurant owner that was a member and I complimented him because when, and when he, he called me up and said, hey, Carlos, I'm going to do this. I'm going to offer this special. I'm going to do reverse happy hour on this mm -hmm. day. And he was excited about it. He was sure. happy. And I just said, you know, I want to compliment you because he actually had a very good year last year. Um, and I just said, it, what, I, what I have seen from my perspective, it all goes down to the attitude of the, of the business owner. I've seen some people throw in the towel already. Well, if you've thrown in the towel mentally – you're done. Yeah. Yep. We could keep talking about things, but we're not allowed to because that's not the name of the podcast. So I'm going to switch <laughs> subjects. Okay. Uh, what is business aside? What's the coolest thing you've ever done? Best experience you've ever had? Oh, uh, seeing the Rolling Stones. Sweet. <laughs> Easy, quick, done. Love it. Oops. I was hitting the I table. Love it. I was so excited oh, I did about too. I love it. If you see, I, I've, oh my gosh, they're incredible. If you ever get a was chance. Was that like a one-time thing? I've, or seen them I've seen them three times. Fantastic. I saw them when they were at Arrowhead the first time. Yeah. And then I enjoyed that concert so much, I flew out to Buffalo, New York to see the last leg of the U.S. tour. Amazing. And then I saw them the last tour in Denver. Amazing. What's the, what's the one concert with that, that that no longer is a concert in its original form, that if you could go back and see one concert, what uh, would it be? Prince, I saw. I was on fourth row at Kemper Arena, two thousand four. I'm a I'm a big concert guy. One of the best concerts. He was. He is probably one of the best guitar players, and he never really got credit for that. Yeah. But uh, hands down, I would say he's one of the best guitar players of all time. Carlos, thank you so much for spending time with us. Uh, thanks to Emprise Bank for sponsoring uh, this discussion. The folks at Let It Fly Media. Um, again, on behalf of Andy at the J. Rieger Distillery in Swellspark, uh, we wish you continued continue success with what you're doing here in Kansas City. Thank you. Thank you for having me.